We're getting started right. Come on, we've already gotten started. All you guys in the cafe, you've already missed out. You've already missed out. Come on in. Let's get, let's get going, you guys. I'm Bill Stevens, the lead pastor here at Ascent. And um, today, you guys, today we're going to do something a little bit different than we normally would. If you are new, um, this is going to be, you, you, welcome to a day of celebration, okay? We are going to celebrate today. Um, we're going to follow, what we're doing is we're going to follow a, a basically a mandate from God, okay? In Psalm 150, it's, a, it's the last psalm in the Bible, the last psalm of the psalm. So after all of the lament and all of the joy and all the different things that are expressed in the psalms, Psalm 150 says this. It says, will you throw that up there, that Psalm 150? It says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his act of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Listen to what it keep going. Praise him with timbrel and dancing, with strings and pipe, with the clash of cymbal, with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You guys, you have breath, okay? So when God's saying, let everything out of breath praise the Lord, let's praise the Lord. And that's what we're going to do today, man. We're going we're gonna to praise God for the great things that God is doing. Now, I know that some of you don't feel like praising God today. I know you came in here and some of you are dragging. Some of you have stuff that you're dealing with. I know that. I mean, shoot, my, my, my hand continues to hurt. It's not healing at all. Um, I, I gave a sermon last week where I mispronounced a word like 10 times in the, in the, in the sermon. And, and, and the, I said amygdala instead of amygdala. And boy, did I hear it afterwards from most of you guys. All of a sudden, all of you guys are brain scientists and you all know, and I'm the only one that doesn't. But man, we're still going to praise the Lord. It's the fall. We finally get to wear sweatshirts again. The Seattle Mariners finally made it to the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. And you guys, even more than any of that, my granddaughter is in town this weekend. And my daughter, too. That's Allie, and that's Ella. And so, so, man, come on. There's a lot to praise the Lord in that, for just that right there. Um, I thought about this. A day in the life of Jesus, one of the most epic days in the life of Jesus and his disciples. One of those moments where you're going, man, so much happened in 24 hours. It started with Jesus finding out that John the Baptist had died, and that was his, that was his cousin. He was very close to him. And so Jesus was distraught about that wanted to go spend some time just by himself. But when he did, and he pulled off by himself, people followed him. And all these people wanted to be healed. See, see, they knew that Jesus could do it. And so these people started following him. They wanted to be healed. Look what it says. It says, it says, Paige, throw that up there for me. It says, soon a lot of people from the nearby villages walked around the lake to where he was. And when he saw them coming, he was overcome with pity, and he healed their sick. Now, see, we hear that and we just go, yes, of course, Jesus healed people. He had the power to heal people. But think about it from the perspective of the disciples, from them. They, they saw a person with leprosy walking up there and Jesus laying his hands on them. And all of a sudden that leprosy was healed. 
or somebody that had some sort of disease and Jesus lays his hands on them and the disease is healed. From their perspective, they've got to be going, what in the world's going on here? And then more and more people that day gathered, thousands of people gathered, and they're all wanting to be healed or to see Jesus heal somebody. <laughs> they just want to see it happen. And that night, the disciples are looking around. They're going, man, these guys are getting hungry. They've been out this all day long watching you do this, Jesus. And they said this. They said, all we have is five loaves of bread and two fish. And that's when Jesus Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish and fed 5,000 people. It, 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 the Bible says Jesus fed 5,000 people, but really he let his disciples feed 5,000 people. And so now, so, so think about the perspective of the disciples. They're sitting there. They see that, they see that Jesus is, is, has healed people. Now they're seeing that there's food there, and they go get it, and they're saying, oh, there's none left. And then they go feed somebody, and they come back, and they say, oh, there was a little bit left. And then they go do it again, and they come back, and there's more. Think about what that was like for the disciples when that was done and they collected up all the rest of the bread and the fish that was left over. Think about what that was like when they got into the boat later that night and the conversation in that boat. What in the world did we just see? But then the winds came up and the waves started hitting the boat and crashing into the boat and Jesus decides to go walk on water. And he walks on the water out to them. And when he gets close to them, Peter looks out at him and says, it's a ghost. He says, no, no, Peter, it's me. And he says, come on out. And now they're wa now Peter's walking on water. What, that was, what was that like for Matthew sitting in the boat? Just looking out there going, are you kidding me? Peter's walking on water to a guy walking on water. After feeding 5,000 people and healing people. And finally they did this. When Peter sank and Jesus helped him come out of the, come out of the water, they got back into the boat. And the wind died down, and the disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus, saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. They finally said, holy smokes, God is up to something. You are God's son for sure. And on return, they beached the boat at Jacinarat. That's the Sea of Galilee. And then just to throw a little bit more onto that one 24-hour period, when the people got wind and he was back, they sent out word through the neighborhood, rounded up all the sick who asked for permission to touch the edge of his coat, and whoever touched him was healed. If you would have asked Matthew the next day, hey, Matthew, what's going on? I think you could just picture him just going, man, God is up to something God is doing something. And he, sees, he saw it all happen over that 24-hour period of time. What we decided we wanted to do today is we just wanted to celebrate using what is said in Psalm 150, that we uh, let every breath praise the Lord. And we want to praise the Lord and celebrate that God is up to something around here. Okay? Now, when we sat down and talked about it as a staff, we said, we said, so should we talk about the Chief Hayes project and how awesome that was at Parco de la Zangaro yesterday? Should we talk about Wednesday night and all the great stuff that's happening with middle schoolers and Tuesday night and all the great stuff that's happening with high schoolers? Should we talk about our awesome vintage team and all the things that they're doing? Should we talk about all of that? And then we said, you know what? No, let's do this. Let's just, let's just share stories. Let's have people talk about their stories and ordinary stories that become extraordinary because God is up to something. And so what we're going to do today is you're going to sit back and, and get to listen to some stories, different people and what God is doing in their life because God's up to something in their life. We're going to get to sing some songs of praise today because God is telling us, let every person praise the Lord with every breath. And then at the end, you know what we're going to do? We're going to baptize some people. 
And we're going to spend some time celebrating, celebrating people going under that water and saying, I have a new life because of what Jesus has done for me. And you guys, right now, it's an invitation for you as well. Today in this service, you might be sitting there going, God is doing something. He's up to something in my life. If you want to jump in and get baptized too, the invitation is going to be for you to get baptized as well, okay? So we are going to celebrate today. We're going to hear some stories today. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it together. Father, we thank you for this morning and the opportunity to get to celebrate together, uh, to, to slow down. Man, we fly to the next thing. We fly to... to it's, gonna, it's close to Halloween, then it's close to Thanksgiving, then it's close to Christmas, we fly to the next thing, and sometimes we forget to do just what you've asked us to do, to celebrate. And so today, Lord, we are going to celebrate together the work that you are doing. So we are so thankful for you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, we're going to get to hear from, from a guy that plays the drums for us, a guy that's actually helping us fix the about 500 leaks in our roof that we've got. Um, Matthew Glassford is going to come on up and share with us. Come on, Matthew. Check, check. You got it. You got it. I didn't know we were sitting down, man. I would have done some sit-ups for the last year. <laughs> just sit up. Just sit up tall. Okay. All right. I'll try. Look, I can see how good I don't look. I know. I, I know. Like you this. just I don't like pay it. attention to the screens. Wow. Um, this is intimidating. You didn't mention this in our interview. <laughs> Matthew, uh, let's, tell him, let's tell him your story, all right? Give, give us a little bit of background. I know you grew up in the church, but then you ran, you ran into some, some, of the, some hard stuff as well. Give him a little bit of your story. Okay, um, yeah, I was raised as a pastor's kid, um, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Because I learned real, real young what to say, how to say it, what to do, how to act. Um, and it all caught up with me. Uh, I was blessed with an opportunity to go to Bible college overseas in England, uh, fresh out of high school, out of Nashville. Um, and I was respectfully asked to leave uh, Bible school. I'm so kicked, glad we can laugh out. about that now. You got kicked out of Bible school, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that, that's literally what happened. Um, got kicked out of Bible school. And how do you deal with that being 19, almost 20 years old, right? I was raised, my father was a part of the generation of uh, never let him see you sweat. So I wasn't raised in this, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this. Uh, I was more raised in the... It's Sunday, it's church, everything is perfect, God is great, and that's just not always true. Everything is not always perfect. God is always great, but it's our, it's our filter, right, that we yeah. put it through. So, after that, I moved to Colorado, and um, I took a, a hard U-turn. Um, now that I'm living in God's freedom, I, I, I can look back and see that uh, it was my shame. That, that kept me from that, and it was, uh, you know, what, what, kind of, what kind of person gets kicked out of Bible school, right? Um, what do you have to do to be that crooked to have a whole university of Christians and professors and theologians um, tell you that you're not good enough? So that brought me down a very, and when I say very, we don't have much time, so I won't get into it, but... <laughs> It was a very dark 18, maybe 20 years of my life. Um, absolutely, just if, if it had to do with church, I wanted nothing to do with it, and I would almost go out of my way to hurt myself or other people around me, um, sometimes knowingly and sometimes not knowingly. 
Um, it's crazy, though. Even we talk about, I, I refer to this as like my dark era, right? Um, even in those moments, I would still go to church, hmm. but I would only go like once a year because I was that emotionally intelligent, right? Like yeah. I, I, I knew God had a plan for me, but I did not want anything to do with it. So I would go to church, and I would go to a church. It just wasn't one church. I would go to a church where nobody would knew me, or no, nobody knew me. And as soon as the downbeat hit, I was I was just a wreck. I, I and and when I say wreck, I mean just absolute tears shed. I started to feel worthy, and then I would never go to that church again. <laughs> um, I couldn't go twice. I couldn't go twice in a row. Yeah. I knew that if I did, that I'd be convicted. I'd start to feel my worth. I'd start to feel that God never went anywhere, that I chose mm. to walk south when he's the North Star. And I just wasn't ready for that. Man, man. So then a couple of years ago, you and I, were when we were talking, you said that's kind of when we're going to take that slice of where God really started to do some powerful things. A couple of years ago is when it started, right? Yeah, I, I just got. Oh, I was so sick of myself. I had, I had just, I, I, I was really good at creating stumbling blocks for myself. Um, I wasn't a threat to the enemy because I was holding his hand. Do mm. you know what I'm saying? We, yeah. we were homies. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years ago, my wife conned me into going to church. <laughs> Keep going, wives. Keep doing that. <laughs> I love you. She's back there somewhere. Um. And we just felt a real call, and we were like, man, we can fit in here. Now, I, since I was raised in the church, I really only know how to, how to play drums. I'm not really good at anything else. So um, I texted the pastor, and I was like, hey, I don't know if you need anybody to play percussion, but I, I can kind of hold a beat, but I'm going to slow everything down, so you're going to need a click track. And he was like, all right, come audition. Whitney's <laughs> laughing. She knows. <laughs> so <laughs> none of you guys know about click tracks. It comes out of the amygdala. So uh, well, keep going. <laughs> um, kind of, kind of fast forward. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I don't want to take too much time, but um, just started serving. And uh, two years ago, they they were doing their baptism, and I felt called to be baptized. I was baptized when I was 12, but so much had happened in between 12 in 39 years of age that was bad that I wanted to proclaim. Uh, I just wanted to do it right, right? Yeah. Nervous as heck. And I talked to my wife about it, and she's like, you know, I was thinking the same thing. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. We'll get baptized together. Well, in this dark era, I had a very toxic relationship with my ex because I was who I was, right? And um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I cannot make this up. I should have texted you a picture. We got baptized um, me holding my oldest son, Elijah's hand, him holding my nine-year-old daughter, Serenity's hand. She's holding my wife's hand, B, and B is holding my ex-hand, Monica, and we all got baptized together. Man, come and, on. Dude, I, I <laughs> promise you. Crazy. I, like, I can't make this up, man. Crazy. Like, that's like, crazy. And that's a total God thing because there was a long time where me and Monica couldn't be in the same room together yeah. without. Um, that led me to meeting Whitney. Whitney has um, asked me to play on, on a few occasions, and which brought me to Ascent. It would almost be two years in like five months. And as soon as I played here, meeting Stuart and yourself, uh, Maurice, man, shout out to the homie. It was just such a good community. Lauren Humdy, my, like my second mom on this, on this earth. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, God is just continually 
just opening doors, and I've done such a good job shutting them in my life that I just have a hard time saying no to things because I want to walk through all of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm blessed, man. Like it's it, it, so good. It, the fact that I'm on stage here and not in prison in, like, Atlanta, yeah. this is really cool, it's man. So, honestly, well, and, and you told me about, you, I mean, you got a lot of tats, and the one that, the, the forgiveness one, is on your, is that the one that's on your neck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he intentionally put it there so that, so that he could cover it up when he's working, right? The, so the collar of your shirt would cover I, it up. I literally brought my collared shirt into the tattoo shop and drew a pin line where the collar was, and I tattooed the word <clears throat> forgiven on my neck because I needed to hear that like 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Come on. That is exactly what we're talking about, you guys. Oh, so good. Is that it? Are we done? Man, that's it. I can go throw that's up it. now. I'm, I'm going to pray. Right, I'm going to pray, though, first. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Father, I mean, Matthew, um, he represents so many of us. We come in here broken. We come in here messed up. We come in here with faiths that, are, are, that struggle. We come in here with decisions that we've made that we just we don't know what to do with. We come in here with... with with the uh, unsure if, if we even deserve any of the love that we talk about in here. We, we all come in with stuff, and, and yet your love and your grace and your mercy, they cover us, they hold us, they bring us close. And, and God, that is, that is so worthy of the praise that we would give you because of the, the, the life that you have breathed into Matthew and his family, the life that you've breathed into us. We're so thankful for what you are doing, the work you're doing, the powerful, extraordinary work that you are doing in our lives. And we sing to that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Here at Ascent, we firmly believe that every human being is made in the image of God. And as image bearers of God, we all have stories. And those stories are not only worth telling, but those stories are worth listening to. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Maurice. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it is my opportunity, my joy to be able to be with you on today and to be able to celebrate with you on what we call Celebration Sunday. Now, if you're here for the first time or first new or new-ish or been around a couple of times, maybe you brought somebody for the first time, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, man, did I bring them on the right Sunday? I'm telling you, you brought them on the right Sunday. It might, it's not a typical Sunday. It's very different. We got a whole baptism, a jacuzzi pool. It's not even, you know, let's, let's be real. It's a jacuzzi. Um, a blow-up hot tub in the middle of church. What does this all mean? Is this the right time to bring my neighbor or my friend? I'm here to tell you yes. One of the reasons that is is because there's nothing like being able to sit in a posture of listening to one another's stories. That's what Jesus did when he sat at a table and he would sit down with people who are nothing like him and he would listen to their story. And Jesus would tell his story, and that's exactly what it's about. And today we get to celebrate that. All week, excuse me, for a couple of um, weeks now, we've been planning for this. And primarily for the most of that time, I've been saying to myself or I've been communicating to the staff, man, we are celebrating what God is doing in our lives and in people's lives. And what was encouraging for me is our discipleship pastor, John, he kind of nudged us a little bit and said, don't leave it incomplete. It's not just what God is doing in our life. It's us in our human agency when our free will responding to God's love, responding to the pursuit of God, that we have a choice. Because if we don't have a choice, there is no love. But we do have a choice. And in that, we celebrate not only what God is doing, but we are celebrating today the participation that we have 
as human beings and responding to God's love and his pursuit of all of us. So today, I get excited because I get a chance to be a part of that. And if you're a Christian in the room, you've been down this road and you've heard the, Christ, you know, the baptism stories and all the different things, I need you this morning to tap into that place for yourself. I need you to go back in your mind, whether that's five years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years ago, whatever that may be, of when you got baptized, what that moment was like for you, when you took a step of faith, when you took a step of courage, knowing that you didn't have it all together, but you responded to what God was doing in your life. This morning, we all get a chance to be a part of that. And what I'm excited about is that as a community, we get to lean into everybody's journey that's going to be taking that step today. And maybe you're a person in the room and your baby stirred up. That last video that you just saw was Zach. And he did not take that step. He, he did not get baptized. He was not on the list. He, he wasn't, you know, uh, we didn't have a, a talk beforehand. He, he didn't have the clothes. He didn't have anything. And literally he's feeling this unction. He's feeling this nudge spiritually within him that needs to happen. Service ends, everybody walks out, we're celebrating, we're having all these different things, balloons, taking pictures, and yet Zach comes up and says, I can't leave this feeling that I'm feeling on the inside alone. I need to respond to this. And Zach says, I want to do it now. Is the baptism still there? I'm like, yeah, the pool's still there, the water's still warm, let's do it now. And today I want to encourage you. I want to let you know that you may be in that same place. You may have that something in your stomach. You may be feeling unsettled of like, man, my faith really could use this nudge right now. My faith journey really could use this catalytic moment right now of community of people celebrating and coming alongside me. Man, my faith journey really could use that boost. That might be you. There's a big screen TV right over there that says, I want to be baptized. You might be the Zach for this morning. We have clothes, we have different things that you may need, towels, all the different things that you need to change your clothes. And I want to encourage you, don't let anything be the thing that stops you. Don't let it be the, 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 the reputation of what others might say. Don't let it be the, well, I didn't come ready or didn't come dressed. I'm here to tell you that there is water and there is an opportunity. So my time that I have for you, it's not going to be long at all. And I know black pastors always talking about they're not going to be long. So I'm going to really try to, you know, I'm going to really try to attend to that now. I'm going to try to watch it. They got the clock on me. All right, I'm watching it. I got to lay down a little foundation of what baptism is so that we're all on the same page. Is that all right? That's right. Listen, Jesus gives us this command in Matthew 28. I want to read it for you in this scripture from a perspective of scripture. He reads these words, and it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, because of this fact, go and make disciples of all nations, look at this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, on his way out, one of his last words, his last commands, his last push to the disciples of that time is to be baptized. He's encouraging them, this is going to be a part of my evangelism plan for the world. That people are going to be shaped in who I am and they're going to be baptized. But why do they need to be baptized? Because like we often say, it is this public declaration of you responding to what God is doing on the inside of you. 
It's this public declaration that you have come to a place of recognizing that reckoning, that miracle moment of saying, Jesus Christ died on that cross for me. I'm worthy of his love. And sometimes it's hard for me to accept it. Sometimes it's hard for me to really deal with that. I, I struggle with some things. I got these things that, I, Maurice, you don't know. I got some addictions I'm struggling with. I got this over here. But yet, none of those things are prerequisites. Because I want you to know that if you're in a place in your life where you're feeling like you don't have it all together, welcome to church. We don't have it all together. That's the name of the church this morning. Church, we don't have it all together. Right there. And because of that, we all as a community get to say we're in this together. Because I may not have it together, but man, I just encountered the one who did or the one who does. On this day, you may be sitting in your chair and you may be having an unsettling feeling. I want to encourage you to talk to somebody. I want to encourage you to make your way over there, to figure it out, find out, man, that might be my day today. There's two questions I want to ask you. That I want you to, excuse me, I want two things, two questions I want you to ask yourself. Lord, is today my day? I want you to sit with that. Lord, is today my day? Is this that time that you're nudging me? And don't over-spiritualize it sometimes, especially if you've been in church world. I know how you are. Lord, if, you, if it's you, let's just go ahead and let lightning strike, give it a little hailstorm, and then I'll know I need to be baptized. No, don't, don't get too creepy about this. You have an unsettling feeling. If there's something that's in your life, if you're recognizing that my faith journey is in need of this command that Jesus has given all of us, make a decision. And number two is, Lord, what are you saying to me today? Because I know that we have a room full of people like myself who have already taken that step, who have already been baptized. And if you're really, really churchy, you've been baptized about four, five times, six times. You know, went to Christian camp and was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I want to go baptized. And you came crying and you got baptized again. Maybe you already took that step. But how many of you know that God is not finished working? That God is not finished doing things in our life that he is calling us to respond to? That second question is, Lord, what is it that you have for me today? Maybe that's reaching out to somebody that's taking that step today. And after service, you walk up to them and you encourage them. That you let them know, man, I've been at this thing for many, many years. I'm still having things that I'm questioning, things that I'm struggling with, and I'm fighting to make it happen. I want to encourage you. What is it that God has for you today? I want to read one simple scripture, and then we're going to get right into our time together. Is that all right? I want to read this scripture for you. Um, it is going to be, sorry, Paige, I looked and we didn't even tell you what scripture I'm going to. Uh, I want to read for you uh, a quick scripture in Acts 2. Acts 2. Acts 2 says these words right here. It says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter just finished a sermon. He just finished preaching. And in this moment, people are pierced to their heart, and they're asking, what should we do? Peter's words that Jesus Christ is Messiah and Lord, which simply means he is the chosen one. And not only that, he's the Lord of my decision making. He's the Lord of my finances. He's the Lord of my marriage. He's the Lord of all of my life. And people are pierced to their hearts. And in this moment, they're saying, what do we do? And Peter says, the best next thing for you in this moment is to be baptized. 
So once again, if that is you, I'm going to nudge you again. Say that there is a spot right over here. There's somebody that is waiting for you to, for you to take that step and respond to God's love. On today, I got an amazing family that uh, I met a little, actually a couple of months ago, and uh, had a conversation with a young girl named Harper. And Harper Winteringer is going to be getting baptized today. Now listen, I need you because I, I recognize that we got to do a little bit of uh, culture shifting here in just a, a little bit. Of when somebody is being baptized, when we are celebrating Baptism Sunday, that means there's no sitting on our hands. There's no sitting back. It's not just a moment for you to be just kind of nod your head. We are going to verbally be excited and come alongside those who are being baptized and celebrate. So let's just go ahead and give a little bit of, you know, uh, 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 practice here. You know, last time if you were here, you know, if my arms go up, that means we're yelling, we celebrate. Actually, my arms are going to be up. That's the cue. And then when I drop them, there we go. When I drop them, that means we celebrate, all right? I need you to yell like you at a CU game now, all right? Because Harper Winteringer is being baptized today. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, come on. I know the first one is always just a little bit shaky and people are still a little bit coming out of it, you know, letting the coffee, you know, get stirred up in them. So I'm going to do it one more time. And I need you to let Harper feel the community that's going to be around her. Harper is getting baptized today. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Part. we got to celebrate Kaylee who's on stage. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me settle down. Band, I, my apologies. We're going to have this. <laughs> Who just yelled something? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, look at all these friends down here. Yeah, exactly. Let me it's get my so iPad. Good. I got some questions for you. <laughs> all right, all right. This is just, you know, family church right now, okay? Just <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. Um, this is Kaylee, our children's pastor. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And today I felt it, it was going to be special to also have Kaylee's story. And she has such an amazing story that even I have got to learn and got to be a little bit closer uh, to just watch and to see. So, Kaylee, can you just give us just a little bit of who you are and, you know, what you do here and all the things? Yes. yes. Um, so I am the Kids and Families <coughs> Pastor here. And I've been on staff. Oh, thank you. Uh, I've been on staff for about a year and a half. And in this role for... Just almost a year. Yeah, coming from Atlanta. Coming from Atlanta. Grew up in Colorado. Um, went to see you. Bill and Jackie Stevens are um, a really, really big part of my faith story. Mm -hmm. College is when my faith became real for me. When I had that surrender moment of really saying, I need, I need Jesus. Yeah. And so college was a big deal for me. Lived in California for a year. And then was in Georgia for 12 and a half until I moved back a year and a half ago. But yeah. Yeah. And we have had an amazing opportunity of having you on staff. But not only that, it feels like uh, since you've been on staff, <laughs> your story has changed so much. Yeah. And when we were talking, we were thinking about even this time last year, yeah. how so your life was very different. Yes. Very, very different. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we want to do is just kind of bring people closer to um, what that was like. What that, where you were in that time. And yeah. Uh, this moment that we're going to get to a little bit later, but where were you just like this yeah. time? So a year ago, uh, last October, I was here and um, stepping into my new role with children's and also um, 
was still navigating a life of singleness. I was, um, you know, 35 at the time and single. And one of my biggest desires and hopes was has always been that um, God would have for me the opportunity to be married and to have a family. It's just something he put in my heart. And um, so I was navigating the dating world, which is fun. And, um, <laughs> but a so year ago, my life was so, so different. Right. And I was sitting there and for years had watched um, all these friends get married. And um, here I was and back in Colorado near my family and in a new role. Um, but still really struggling in yeah. that and that loneliness and that desire, but choosing like, okay, God, whatever it is that you have for me, here right. I am. You mentioned something when we were talking together and you were talking about being in a place of um, needing to see God again, needing to see him show up again, having something where you are in this space of like longing for something. You're doing stuff at church, you're leading these children, you're discipling, you're doing all these things. Things are kind of looking, you know, pretty good as far as vocation and church-wise. But you were having moments of even going back home and really yeah. sitting with yourself like, I need God again. Yeah. I had struggled with feeling forgotten sometimes mm. and really struggling with um, a fear of whether or not God, like feeling like, what if God disappoints me mm. in the story he has for me? Wow. Because all of, I could say confidently, my life is good. Yeah. I have a beautiful family and friends in this community and a job that I love and an opportunity with kids that's incredible. But there was this thing that was missing, but there's no promise or guarantee of that. And I was fearful. I was afraid that what if God disappoints me and, yeah. um, and really struggling and, and saying like, God, I, where are you in this? I had felt forgotten in that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's fast forward yeah. all the way to, was it March, the trip? Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward all the way to March. We, in October, we fast forward to March mm -hmm. um, and you are going on this trip to Israel. Yeah. And um, it may seem like this is like, oh, we get to go be where Jesus was, all the yeah. things, excited. Yeah. But you were getting on a plane and in a very different headspace yeah. because your life is very different and <laughs> it was very yeah. different. Yeah. You meet your amazing now husband, Sebastian. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My guy, Sebastian. Um, yeah, so last October we met. So last October you yeah. met, right? Yeah. And then, but you're getting on this, this plane and yeah. so much happened on that trip yeah. and changed where you got to uh, see that again in yeah. God. Yeah. Tell me about that. So this was a last minute decision to go on this trip. It was an opportunity that came and I was like, okay, like, yes, I should go. I felt led to go and um, see and study and learn where Jesus was. And um, so I said yes to a trip. And in the process of saying yes and getting for ready for the trip, um, our our lives changed, yeah. and um, a lot of unexpected, hard things happened. And I remember getting on the plane, feeling like my life was falling apart, mm. and feeling this tension between like how do I leave when life feels like it's falling apart, but feeling like I needed to go on this trip. So. I got on a plane like in tears and not having no idea what was ahead of me, not knowing what I would come home to. And anyway, um, long story short, I ended up going and the Lord took me on a couple journeys while <laughs> I was there and reminded me of who he is and what he's done. And I got to see 
and walk in places where Jesus was and, and be shown and reminded of God's faithfulness and how he has been true to his word and his promises. Mm. And I was just reading this in my journal saying like, God, your story is so intricate and beautiful and the way that you have orchestrated everything mm. and why would it be any different for me? Yeah. Which I don't know why, you know, like why I had that belief, but I did of God, you are such a good and amazing God. And what I learned while I was there was my story, my vision, my timeline, all of the things were not, nothing was fitting in my box. It wasn't going my way. I had yeah. no control. And, um, but God showed me yeah. in the midst of it that he had something better right. and right. sweeter. And so in, in in the midst of that journey, um, God was not answering our prayers the way that we he wanted we wanted him to, um, but he was showing up. Yeah, I knew that he was there, and I was just trusting him one day at a time, a million miles away from yeah. what was happening here. Yeah. So, I don't even know if I answered your you question. Yes, you did. I don't know. Yes, okay. you did. Well, listen, I need you to give one sentence. This is a slight yeah. pivot from yeah. what we talked about, Great. but just like one sentence. You know, you got baptized. Is there a picture, just one picture of Kaylee's baptism? Yeah. We don't even have to show the video, just a picture. There's going to be some people that are taking yeah. that step, and you got baptized yeah. in Israel. Yeah. Um, so just one thing, one thing that you would let people know yeah. just that are sitting in that same yeah. space. So side note, I when I first understood what baptism was, I got baptized right out of college. And um, so I had I had done that, and I made that decision in college that I, I believe in what Jesus has done for me, yeah. and I'm going to choose to trust him with my life. I was in Israel, and we had the opportunity to be baptized in the Jordan River in this spot where they think Jesus maybe got baptized. And in that moment, in the midst of life falling apart, but seeing the goodness of God in other ways, I, for myself, yeah. needed to say again that I'm choosing Jesus to follow you. Yeah. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't make sense to other people, but I have seen the goodness of God and I trust you yeah. and there is nothing better than you. And so I'm going to trust you again and make this statement and this claim. And, um, and I just want to say that God has not forgotten you. And I know that mm. sometimes it feels like it, um, but God has not forgotten you yeah. and he's in it and he is doing something that sometimes we can't always see. So yeah. But it is worth it, friends. There you go. It's there you go. It. Well, listen, can we give it up for Kaylee's story on today? <laughs> well, we're about to baptize Harbor Winter Ringer. And listen, I know that this is not a typical Sunday, like I've mentioned several times. And if you're like a clock watcher, just give us a moment. Uh, this is something to be excited about and to celebrate as a church community. So with the Winter Ringers, make their way on up as we start this baptism. There we go. Confession of faith, 
and because of your commitment to Jesus, that I now we have the ability to baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. moments worth celebrating. Now here at Ascent, not only do we have something that we call baptisms, uh, but we also have something that we call child dedication. Uh, with the families make their way on stage who are being the dedication families, the Lagadros and also the Carrascos, would you come on stage with me? <clears throat> child dedication um, is a space for, just like baptism, for all of us. Uh, I had the awesome opportunity of just um, actually officiating a wedding yesterday. And that same symbolism, that same step is a little bit similar to child dedication. And at every wedding, I look at those who are in the audience and I tell them to stand to their feet. And I let them know that you aren't just here to attend, but you have a responsibility. And today I'm saying the same thing to you. Ascent, stand to your feet. Ascent, stand to your feet. <laughs> in this moment... I'm gonna pray as we dedicate these children, but it's not just a parent thing. This is a community thing. And as a community, we are saying that we will be committed to the shaping and the discipling of these children and pointing them in the direction that they should go. <laughs> pointing them in the direction that they should go. And we are saying as a church community that we will be there to start those conversations that we'll be there to volunteer at that camp. We'll be there to step aside to say, I am going to be in this journey with you. This is a community thing. We do not do this alone. So as we dedicate these children, I want you to stand to your stay, stay standing to your feet. And the moment that I lay my hands on the children and I say amen, we're going to cheer just as if they got baptized. Is that all right? Well, first up, we have the Lagadros. Yes, Cindy. We have Chris, Sarah, we also have Jack and Georgia. Um, and for you don't, if you, some of you don't know, I am uh, Jack's goddad. And so this is an awesome opportunity for me in this moment. Chris and Sarah, this is an amazing step. And in child dedication, it's not just us um, with a parenting checklist and say that we did it, but it's a responsibility for you as well to be dedicated to the shaping of Jack and Georgia. So in this moment, I'm going to lay my hands on them. And it's simply to say that the Lord, that Lord, you have given us these amazing gifts and we give them right back to you as your children. And we say that we are faithfully steward them well. All right, Jack, I'm going to lay my hands on you and I'm going to pray for you. All right. Give me a big hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Jack, I'm going to just lay my hands and pray for you. Jack Lagadros, I lay my hands on you this moment to pray, to simply say that we are around you, that we are surrounding you. And that, God, would you continue to be with Jack in this moment as we give him back to you. We give him back to you to say, Lord, we are thankful and that we are committed to the shaping and the discipling of his faith. And we say thank you, Lord, for Jack Lagatros. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's right, that's right. 
Now, sweet baby Georgia, and I know she's a little territorial, so she don't let a lot of people touching her too much. But I'm also going to pray over Georgia. Georgia, like Georgia, she has had her own journey and story. And in this moment, we're excited to lay hands on Georgia. And I'm going to lay my hands and I'm going to say a prayer. And once again, we're going to cheer because we are all in this together. There we go. Georgia Lagatros. God, thank you so much for this journey. Thank you so much for this gift. Thank you so much for who you are in her life. We are committed to the shaping and the discipling of Georgia Lagatros. And in this moment, Lord, we say thank you for her because we are committed to the shaping and the discipling. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, oh, here we go, all right. <laughs> I wanna introduce you guys to Caesar and Sam Carrasco. And this is their daughter, Charlotte, also known as Charlie, but this is Charlotte Eliana Carrasco. And um, we are so honored to stand here next to you guys. And we know that the two of you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus. And you have decided that you want to raise Charlie up to know that same love, to put her faith in Jesus. Yes. And today you are saying, God, we are gonna give her back to you. And we're going to choose to follow you as we raise her. And as a church, and as your kids and families pastor, we are saying that we are going to join you in that. Yes. We're going to support you in that. We're going to walk with you in that. And we're going to help her to know the love that um, we have in Jesus. So we want to bless her and pray for her today. So this is Charlie. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this beautiful daughter of yours, God, that you have given so graciously to Sam and Caesar, that you have um, allowed us, God, to see her and watch her grow. Father, I pray over Sam and Caesar that you would give them great wisdom, that you would give them unconditional love for their daughter. God, would you guide them as they guide her? And Father, we just say thank you for this beautiful, beautiful blessing. Father, we pray your blessing over her, your favor over her. We ask God that you um, would gift her in such a way that would grow your kingdom, that would shine your light. God, thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for her. God, thank you for what you have done. <laughs> Jesus, we pray that she would come to know you and love you, that you would use her in great ways. And we just pray the blessing that your face would shine upon her. Lord, that you would go before her and be with her. And we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Well, listen. Oh, yeah. Come on, kiddos. Well, we have somebody who has decided to respond in this moment to that nudge and be baptized. Yes. If the, if the young strums can make their way on up here. Listen, Ascent, this is something that we are dedicated to. This is something that we say we have time for, all right? You can be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Kiddos, go ahead and be seated. Is there a mic? You, you don't need one? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Calvin, go ahead and get in. Good. Go ahead and step to the front. Calvin. 
Oh, man, this is super, super fun. I mean, the youngsters, I got to marry these guys. Then they then they made Chloe. Then they made Calvin. Calvin, you want to get baptized? We are so pumped that you want to do that. Sit right back like that. Go to your knees. Go to your knees. Yeah, Calvin, there you go. Man, it's been so fun to see you growing up and to see you growing closer and closer to what this moment because of your love for Jesus Christ that we are going to baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. That's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Listen, we have been praying for just that moment. We have been praying for that response. And today we get a chance to be a part of everyone's journey and everyone's story.